So I was trying to work out how to put all these topics together in one recording, and people will note this is being recorded on a Friday morning, which I have done with Barney Dicker historically and been able to do in a relative time frame. So I was going on my morning walk this morning and just thinking, okay, there are two competing ideas here. How do I wind the two of them together? And the first, just to start off by saying that from the record discussion, I've been thinking a lot about my history in terms of consumption of media, including film. And in terms of the consumption of film, this really is very similar to the record situation in terms of the fact that the majority of the films that I've consumed historically are no longer available in DVD, although some are, and I am able to find a small number. But that has promoted me to just thinking in very strange and dynamic ways. And in parallel to this, and in fact leading into this topic in a few different directions, I was, con- well, I'm in communication periodically with the filmmaker and YouTuber John Rogers. And I'm basically, I'm a patron of his, so I give him a, a relatively large chunk of change compared to the amounts that he normally asks for, because I thoroughly believe that he is part of some mind collective that includes Bob Bottram and includes me. But our relationship is not the best via communication. I told him off once when he put inline sponsorship in one of his videos about Skillshare and the whole thing just completely rubbed me the wrong way. I think up until that point, we were in pretty good correspondence. And now I tell him bits bits and pieces, particularly through the SimC line and other things, which I don't always get a response from him. In fact, probably... One in three and one in four bits of correspondence, I get a response from John Rogers. But uh, he said in a recent Q&A video that he put up that his favourite film was London 1992, which actually is London 1994. It was filmed in 1992, but came out in 1994. And it's an incredibly kind of depressive film. I mean, I think of London in so many different ways, but the kind of, I don't know, the second wave of Tories London before Blair took office. That period, thankfully, I was in Australia just avoiding that whole period in London. So the film captures that element. And it's always occurred to me that particular people have particular favourite films. So when I did a podcast with Brandon DiCamillo a long time ago now, he was a very particular kind of person, and his favourite film was Barry Lyndon, which I think is from the mid-70s, might be 1975. From him, it might be 1972. That is a very strange film, and it's a three-hour-long film. I think all these films require, to be a favourite film, it requires, I don't know, a kind of tight throat, frog-in-the-neck kind of experience, hard swallow when you have to watch these films. And in recent times, I have recommended the film Snowtown, which is 2011. It's called The Snowtown Murders in some places, Bodies in the Barrel, anyway. That, to me, was just the best Australian film I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, Shine used to be high up there because I had a former friend who was the publicist on the film and I thought it captured certain elements of the Jewish-Australian experience perfectly. But Snowtown just ticked all the boxes. It was like every bleak... just It was just sheer bleakness in a film perspective from an Australian perspective from the Salisbury-Elizabeth area of South Australia, which I know very well because it's where my father grew up. He has a concave skull because of bunch of ruffians beat his head in with a baseball bat in you know that area because he wasn't australian enough so yeah the the salisbury elizabeth area it's also the place that my mother's father had his surgery for a number of years when i say a number of years he he was a general practitioner up until his 80s 
So he must, I mean, you know, 50 plus years he had a surgery there. So he had a wide variety of drug addicts come in on a regular basis. And his whole perspective with regards to medicine was about people trying to scam him into giving, you know, various narcotics in prescription form. So, you know, this area just captures it perfectly. But it's a really hard film to watch. It's got a number of quite difficult topics. And funnily enough, in my perusal of films that have touched me historically in probably 1993, I went to the cinema with my grandparents and saw the French film Olivier Olivier. And it's it's a latent memory. So when I was looking through... You know, French films, do they still exist that I remember? Are they on DVD? Is there any way to capture these things? This film, Olivier Olivier, was there. Number of really hard topics. Done in a very beautifully French film way. Can't leave that out. I think it's a film worth watching. It's a very, you know, I saw the film first when I was 15, and it made a serious impact on me. And there are a few topics in there that probably need sticker warnings and a variety of other things. How do you get this film? It's now only available on YouTube. <laughs> Someone's viral on it. And that's for a limited time only. I think this film is probably going to disappear. But having seen Olivier Olivier, it's like a very soft tiptoeing into the themes that are in Snowtown. And the connection between my grandparents and my grandparents saw it with me. I mean, I've got a long legacy with foreign films. This is a, the, the B side of this particular podcast. We had a nanny recently who spoke Brazilian Portuguese. She was Brazilian Portuguese. And I knew the terms that she used for our cats were abusive terms because I used to watch Brazilian Portuguese gangster films when I was in Australia. There was a TV channel still there, not quite the same, called SBS. So I knew all the, the names for women of the night that Brazilian Portuguese gangsters would use. And when our nanny started referring to our cats with the similar names, I asked my wife to check out Google Translate, you know, Beautiful young woman was translation of one of them. But yeah, the, the notion that, uh, yeah, these terms, this whole thing associated with foreign cinema is, uh, so heavily ingrained in me. I thought it was particularly interesting. And that I would still recommend, I mean, it's interesting because the other film I recommend is Son of Sol, which is even bleaker. And as a father and having gone through COVID and had these experiences, I actually can't watch films. As like I used to. And one of the films, similarly, dark topics, but 8mm, which I used to really highly rate because I thought it was a very fascinating film for an American filmmaker and mainstream studios to actually make. Um, featured the late James Gandolfini, amongst other folk, in very, and unfortunately, Nicolas Cage. And I have to say, if you need a Nicolas Cage film where an animal outshines Nicolas Cage, have a look at The Pig. The Pig is a beautiful film without, well, yeah, and Nicolas Cage in that film. So I sat through in two watchings. It took me three watchings to watch London 1994. It took me two watchings to watch Olivier Olivier. And I thought at the end of the film, I would actually rate it now again. I think it's a, an amazing film. I think it's an amazing piece of cinema. It touches on some pretty harsh and curious issues in a, like quintessentially French fashion, there's domestic violence in there, which I had recalled was probably part of the film. But, you know, the time in which it was filmed in, I, I don't know what happened with <laughs> French and domestic violence. If I have any French listeners who want to get in contact, please do. 
But yeah, these are the films that are coming back to my mind when I cast my mind back and think about what do I want to hold? And no, I haven't even opened the records yet. And there are a few things that we need to do, like my daughter's first birthday, and then the records will be open. I'm getting rid of my COVID bed, apparently, maybe next week or the week following. So that is a big thing for me because it means I can actually reach half my shelving again. The COVID bed has been here far, far too long, but actually been very useful through the pandemic when I needed to distance myself from my family. So a podcast of Friday, quite an amazing thing. Narrowly able to get out. Let's see if I can drop it in the feed and get on with my regular Friday. Happy Friday for folks listening to this in real time. And I will endeavor to record more podcasts like this. I think I have half a dozen other topics. I wanted to talk about narrow boating books, which somehow I was trying to fit into last week's podcast or the last podcast recording, but just didn't get to it. And narrow boating is a topic that probably needs to be unpacked somewhere through here, if nothing more than I can send someone some narrowgating, narrowgating, narrow boating books. So Tom Barbelay in Las Vegas, Nevada, a little bit sweaty from his walk on a Friday morning, signing out.